Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live, and it is my pleasure tonight to welcome our very special guest, Pito Dra- Pito. Peter Drago. Tianmen, <laughs> <laughs> Peter, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Biz. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. And Drago's movie, The Stairs, guys, is being released August 12th. Uh, the theaters sponsored and distributed by Fathom Events. If you want more information, please go to fathomevents.com where you can find all the information. Now, Drago, I had the pleasure of watching The Stairs early. I got a screener link. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And nice. now you wrote, directed this movie, as well as being the stunt coordinator on the movie. How did you come up with the storyline and the idea, and how did it all come together for you? Uh, the storyline, it's pretty interesting because um, uh, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but the whole opening scene is uh, me and my grandfather, a memory I had. And I knew that um, you know, with our budgetary constraints uh, for this first film, that uh, you know, we couldn't do like a big action film because action costs a lot of money, even if you're doing an independent film. And so uh, I was like, okay, well, with our budget, we can do a horror film. So then I started trying to figure out, like I knew I wanted a, uh, like a hunting horror or, um, you know, based off of my memory with my grandfather and, um, or like a hiking horror. And it ended up like fusing together actually. Um, and, but so started figuring out like, you know, started off with, uh, okay, uh, gonna definitely have a, a hunting sequence. And then where does that go from there? So then I started looking on the internet uh, for like urban legends because I definitely know I wanted a, a cryptid horror uh, with a creature. And so all of the urban legends that I was stumbling across just really weren't uh, filling that niche for me for this mm-hmm. first time. And then I uh, came across this forum where uh, people were posting about like random stairs that they found hiking in the woods or, um, you know, up on a mountain. And it like instantly dawned on me. I'm like, oh, this this is great. That that could be the catalyst. Yeah. Um, and so from there, uh, I uh, called my partner, Jason Lowe, who is my writing partner, and um, just told him my idea. We sat in a room for six months and made an original uh, story based upon just some random stairs in the woods that are kind of creepy for people to see. I would say uh, these stairs is uh, now people might get the vision of these stairs, like these old wickety, you know, rickety wooden stairs. They're not. These are like mansion type stairs, which makes it very unique. Now, how did you go from being a stunt coordinator and special effects, which is like your forte to writing and directing a feature film And did you take any of your experiences from like the set of Z Nation or alone and apply it to the stairs? Uh, For sure. Every production I've been on uh, over the years, uh, I've been 20 years in stunts, about 12 to 15 as a effects coordinator. And uh, yeah, every, every production I've ever been on, I've always asked multiple questions. I'm like on set the whole time. Uh, you know, right next to the camera, right next to the DP, right next to the director. And I was just constantly hungrily asking questions, you know, like why this lens and why this camera, why this setup? And just basically the last 20 years has been my on on the job training. And uh, it just kind of came naturally Uh, where I came, uh, where I got my background was 
uh, a friend of a friend called me up in 1999 and they needed a guy to fall down some stairs for a little short film. And so I was like, sure, I could be this drunk guy that falls down some stairs. So went to the local big five, grabbed some padding and some hockey gear and threw it on and then threw myself down the stairs. And then uh, we did about like three different takes. And then uh, I heard that it did really well in their uh, festival market. And um, uh, then a couple other of his friends started calling me because they, they were like, who'd you get to do this stunt? And then after about like doing two more films over the course of two years, I was like, man, uh, I should probably like look and see if there's a school. Looked up the school and there was the International Stunt School, which is actually in Washington State. Went through that. And then the rest is history. I've been doing it since 2001. Is that where, I mean, right now, I mean, this is your directorial debut with The Stairs, but is your heart, you know, in stunts? And uh, you've also dabbled a lot in special effects. Where does special yeah. effects uh, fit in with the stunts that you've worked on before? Well, uh, I come from the Pacific Northwest up in Seattle, Washington, Oregon, Idaho area. And uh, there's not a whole lot of big projects. So for a stunt coordinator, like I'd be working full time, like down in L.A. Or, or a major production hub, but not so much up in Seattle. It's mostly like a commercial town. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, um, there's also not too many special effects guys, you know, or uh, if there is one, then, you know, if a production comes in, they they grab that guy and then there's nobody else for any of the other productions. So yeah. uh, I just started. Uh, multitasking because um, I had a mentor in the pyro business that uh, showed me how to do fireworks and pyro. His name's Rick Olson with uh, Pyro Fire and Effects in Gig Harbor. And uh, so it was just kind of a natural progression to go, you know, hey, uh, stunts deals with explosions and fire and car crashes. You know, why not cross over and do some special effects and, you know, shoot some squibs and make some explosions and then, you know, and then it jump on it as needed if they need stunts. Now, so when it, basically, was that when it comes to special effects? Do you have uh, any favorites from the past that you were that you would call your inspiration, like the Savinis, the mm. Bakers, anything like that? Oh, what do you mean? Sorry. Like uh, you know, when it comes to special effects, you have like the the greats from the past, like Tom Savini. Oh, I see. What you're Who was? Uh, did you have anybody that you yet you looked at their work as inspiration? Uh, well, uh, like Savini, I think does more of like creature effects, mm -hmm. uh, where, whereas I do more, uh, it's, uh, I do mechanical effects, yeah. which is, you know, wind, snow, rain, explosions. So really I didn't have anybody that I looked to. Uh, I just, I'm a huge film fan of like all genres and especially, you know, big special effects and stunts. And so I just really dissected a lot of films over the years and just knew, what worked and what didn't. So, um, and then I had some really good mentors that, you know, taught me, uh, special effects. That is very important. Special and, uh, yeah. especially in stunts. There are not that many schools. I've spoken to no. stuntmen before. There's not a lot of training schools. So it's a lot of on the job training and yes. you getting attached to, a, a an, an established stuntman, uh, hanging with them, going along and learning the trade and it has exploded you have been in, in a ton of movies and now you're a yeah. very well established stunt coordinator now going back to the stairs what was your favorite scene to shoot and which mm. one was your least favorite scene to shoot i really didn't have a least favorite they were all just 
fun and interesting. Uh, you know, they were hard at times, like we had uh, rain for a couple of days, but uh, I really do I not at all have a least favorite. I think they were all my favorite. Uh, probably, I mean, other than doing the body burn, um, I would say probably the the box truck or the uh, campfire scenes were probably my my top favorite uh, scenes to do. Just because you know um, you know starts off in the day and then we move over to the night. You know, classic horrors at night. So you know get get really excited once we went over to our night shows. You know, I just I was like just buzzing. I didn't even need any coffee at that point because I'm like, here we go. It's time for some horror. Now, as a stunt coordinator, you're in charge of the stuntman, making sure they're safe, the, yes. the site is safe. The burn scene, which we're not going to spoil, but was that you as the uh, stuntman, or did was it one of your other stuntmen that did that body burn scene? Uh, that was me performing uh, wow. the, the end scene. We did it on the last day, so that uh, just to make sure safety-wise that, you know, if I got hurt, I stumbled or injured myself, that um, you know we could we could get most ninety nine point nine percent of the film in the can. So we did it the very last night, uh, and then I had uh, some our our stunt team is amazing. Uh, AJ Ryan Spicard, Jason Lowe. Uh, we had Jeff Menenhall who was helping out. Uh, Brandon. Uh, we we had a bunch of people on set that was just kind of all hands on deck. So that at that point when I'm the performer. Yeah. Uh, everything's taken away from me. There's no decisions. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have, you know, AJ and, and uh, uh, Ryan take over because uh, it puts you in a certain state. Uh, you know, your endorphins are going, uh, everything's kind of buzzing. So it's really good to uh, hand that over to somebody that you can trust and, and pull it off. And they did. So I was able to just do the performance that night and that was it. And it would make sense you would do the body burn scene because you are very experienced. Um, was that a process and a decision? Or do you, did you as a director and the stunt coordinator say, you know what, guys, I'm going to take this? Yeah, that was, uh, I knew right away, you know, I wanted to sneak something in and a body burn would have been perfect. And so as me and uh, my uh, writing partner, Jason, were writing it, we were like, we got to put a body burn in there somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, and, but uh, since it was a, um, a character that I'm not going to mention for mm -hmm. spoilers, since it was a character that's actually uh, smaller than me, uh, it was a little challenging, but mm -hmm. that's the, that's the magic of, of film. Exactly. You know, you could, you can make you make anybody look small or larger based on uh, camera know, angles. The, the camera. Yep. Now, with that in mind, did anything horribly go wrong? Not horribly, I guess that's not the right word. But did anything go wrong on the set while you were filming? No, just um, I think the only the only downside was um, we had a couple of really uh, dialogue heavy nights, and it started raining. And it was uh, specifically around the stairs. And it just looked so bad that we ended up just calling it. And um, I think we went home about, I think we went home early that night. Mm -hmm. And then we regrouped. And then for the next two nights, we were just like, we're going to go into the box truck and start shooting that scene. And then we had to put like all these dampeners on the top of the truck because, the, you know, the rain coming down off of the trees is so loud when it, you know, when yeah. it groups and creates big raindrops. So that was a, that was a hard part to uh, get, get past because it sounded like popcorn, you know? So yeah. luckily our, uh, 
our sound guy pulled it, or uh, sound designer uh, pulled it off. And uh, Tara, our uh, person who was capturing the sound on set, did an amazing job that yes. um, we didn't have to do any ADR, thankfully. Good, good. Now, what, what yeah. made you decide to cast uh, John Snyder in his role, and more importantly, in a horror film? Uh, we really were looking carefully at kind of iconic figures that uh, haven't been in a horror film or, you know, or haven't been in any kind of breakout horror films, mainly because, like, I really love his acting. I, uh, I thought he was amazing uh, on Smallville, uh, Dukes of Hazard. I mean, I grew up, you know, with him yeah, at, uh, as, a, as a kid and thinking to myself, like, I want to be a stunt guy, you know. And so, like, you know, kind of came full circle to accidentally have him on set and um, and basically, you know, act for us and 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 be there. Now, have you always been a horror? Because the majority of your work is involving horror, so I'm mm -hmm. assuming you're a huge horror fan. Have you always been a horror fan? I've always been a horror fan. I used to piss my mom off by uh, sneaking out at night and uh, like at midnight after she would get, fall asleep and watch the Elvira show. And, uh, <laughs> I remember and that. I, I, oh man, I just, uh, I still remember it to this day. It's like some good times and like the cheesier, the better, you know, I was so young, it, like the cheesy was, was good because like at that point I was so impressionable. I, I'm glad I didn't stumble upon any hardcore, yeah. you know, like Italian horror or um, any Not, of those. Yeah, any of the Dario Argento stuff. And, yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that stuff. I now as a, an adult, I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. He was yeah. Uh, he was great. Uh, yeah. Now besides the Elvira show and stuff, uh, I mean, what horror movies made the biggest impact on you and really cemented you as a horror fan? Um, I think truthfully, it was probably Evil Dead, oh, uh, and and it was the first one, not not the commercially yeah. successful one. Uh, I watched that; I was hooked immediately. I was just like, "Wow, what is this?" And uh, it just, you know, cemented everything right there, like galvanized that it was it was different. And I I couldn't put my finger on it, but I just was like, you know, something's different about the production the the quality of the actors that were in it and then when they came out with you know the next one that was even campier and and funnier i was just like i was sold i just uh, knew at that point now let's talk about uh you know the making of this film when you and your writing partner sat sat to write it did you have uh, a production team that was ready to take it on or did you guys write this and then go lobbying for production and then eventually how did it end up with uh fathom events who is distributing it the movie is being released guys on august 12th so yeah. walk us through the whole uh process uh did you guys have that in place as you were writing it or did it happen as you went along uh we had funding in place and it was uh me and my producer partner, uh, Amanda Jones, it's our production company, Wandering Dragon Productions. And so uh, we knew what our budget was going into it. And that was another reason why it was so uh, easy to kind of write the script. And I, I don't say easy lightly because no. writing a script is not easy. No. But it was easier because we already knew what our budget constraints were and, uh, and to kind of like uh, figure out all of the, all the problems that we're going to run in. But there was, the problem was, was, you know, we were such a small production team. It was just me, my production partner and Jason, my co-writer. 
and then anybody else, uh, Ryan Spicard, uh, in the beginning that, you know, we would just bounce ideas off of and, or, uh, start location scouting. So really until we were maybe two weeks to camera up, it was just like four of us doing everything. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm a big supporter and fan of independent films. Uh, I think independent films are the backbone of the entertainment industry. Now, going deeper into the stairs plot line, like we we talked about in the pre-call, you took the basic, uh, you know, horror story, take a group of people, drop them into the woods. But then from there, guys, when you watch the movie, you can throw all the cliches out the window. Whatever you've seen in past horror, do not expect it in the stairs. A really unique twist. Um, What inspired you to, I don't want to give anything away, but there are a lot of question marks in the movie. Is it paranormal, extraterrestrial? Is it a part of Earth? There's the question of even time travel. Uh, How did that all come together with you guys when you were writing it? It was funny. We were, uh, truthfully, me and Jason, we sat in my office for like six months just yelling at each other and putting like just slamming words down on a keyboard. Uh, and we were like taking ideas and throwing them up on the board on sticky notes. Like, what do you, what do you think about that? Cool. Yeah, let's do that. And then, um, you know, it just kind of evolved to what it is now with an amalgamation of so many ideas from him and me that, um, it, I, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of sci-fi, uh, but it's like, I, I feel it's more like, uh, interdimensional. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. exactly how I would put it too. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, guys, you, you got to watch this movie. We don't want to give spoilers away. We're not going to give spoilers away. It's so hard for me not to. I want to. Yeah, like, yeah. But you guys, <laughs> you got to see this. It's it throws every you know horror movie in the woods, all the cliches out the window. Now, Adam Corson is the star of the movie. Uh, yeah. How did Adam get involved with the project? Uh, Adam uh, was uh, through a casting agent, uh, Jeremy Gordon, and uh, he put him in front of us at the time. We were were having like open casting and uh, had him read for it, uh, do a little video. And uh, I just knew right away that he was going to be perfect for the role. And I mean, the rest is history at that point. But yeah, he's just I mean, his broad range of emotion and his delivery of comedy, you know, was so important. And, and, and it wasn't just the delivery of the comedy. It was the subtlety of it. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was very subtle. uh, Yes. Very subtle. It felt like I, you know, I was watching this live, you know, Mm -hmm. when, when we, when we watched it in the editing room, it felt like I was hiking with these people and experiencing, experiencing this live and not just watching a movie. So it was so fun. He did an amazing job. He did. Now, from the start of principal photography to wrap, how many days did that take? Uh, I believe it was 19 days. 19 uh, we days. Had, yeah, we had 19 shooting days, and we had weekends off. So it was just a little over a month. Okay. Now, you have been on sets for a long, long time. Was yes. there any surprises when you took the role, the big chair behind the camera as director, that you were not expecting? I'm assuming... Yes. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Say. No, I was going to say, being such a veteran on sets, I don't know. Sometimes 
I've spoken to people who directed for the first time. There are surprises. There aren't any surprises. So I want to hear your uh, take on that. Uh, the, I, the, once we got shooting, everything just kind of fell in. It just became normal. What, what the hard part was is the night before. I woke up in the middle of the night. Everything was fine. Never had any problems. Woke up in the middle of the night, and I was just like, what is going on? What am I doing? Like, why did people believe in me? You know, I just started having like the worst imposter syndrome happen. And I've never had panic attacks, never had that happen. And I was just like sitting there fighting myself for like two hours, knowing that morning, you know, in the next four hours I had to get up and I was just like struggling. And finally I was like, what do you, you know, dude, you've been on sets a bunch of times. Like you've got all these people that just are just trusting in you. You know, they believe in the project. Like, just go forward. So that was kind of a, a weird little monkey wrench. And then uh, once we started filming, you know, it was fine after that. Uh, so you have two other movies that are in pre-production. Uh, did you just love the experience of directing that moving forward? Uh, I don't want to say leave behind, but you want to sort of put stunts, you know, as something you still want to do but want to focus now on directing and writing. Yes, yes. I definitely want to focus more on uh, directing and writing, but uh, I'm also not putting stunts behind me because it mm. is such a huge passion of mine. And uh, and I just love coordinating and I love doing rigging. And, you know, and I don't oh, just need to be a stunt coordinator, you know, even just jumping on a set a day or two here as a performer, you know, just, it's, it's just, it keeps me going. Now, as far as the uh, subgenres that you want to do with the stairs and moving forward, uh, you know, the stairs is a very hard movie to classify in the horror subgenre. Yeah. It's such a mixture of so many different subgenres. But moving forward, as a horror fan and making movies, do you want to explore or explore the the whole wide spectrum of subgenres? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of like I was telling you when I was going through originally, um, uh, you know, looking for urban legends. There's some other things that kind of really spawn some other uh, scripts that I want to do. Um, also, uh, my writing partner, Jason, has a, an amazing idea for a classic slasher flick. Mm -hmm. So uh, we definitely want to do that. We were thinking of trying to get funding and, and get that up and running uh, this winter. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, it, it, you know, winter's already fast approaching. It is. So, but yes, we definitely want to, you know, jump into a lot of genres. But I love science fiction. I want to do uh, uh, science fiction horror. I'd love to do just a straight up regular science fiction, um, you know, action film, obviously because of my background. Mm -hmm. But now, uh, when it came to how you were going to depict the stairs, the actual stairs in the movie. Uh, did you guys struggle when you were writing it and when it came to actually building the stairs for the set on what the final piece was going to look like? No, I always had that in my mind um, uh, from the very inception i was like i already knew exactly how i wanted to look and that's you know the only thing that i didn't know was like uh lighting at first we were thinking about just putting you know like some sconces in the uh i don't want to give too many spoilers away but the other offshoots of the stairs and then uh, 
eventually thought that uh, it'd be really cool. I can't remember who came up with it, if it was Jason or uh, Peter Spawn, who was our uh, designer who built the stairs and uh, also uh, did our mechanical puppets for, for our movie. I can't remember who came up with the idea of the chandelier, but we, as soon as that was there, it was just so obvious that the yeah. chandeliers needed to be in there. So, yeah. um, but, but the look and feel of the stairs was there from inception. Okay. And then it just kind of, kind of grew, you know, when I handed it over to Peter, uh, spawn to start building them. Okay. Okay. Now, before you guys started writing the script, how long were you guys toying with the idea of this movie, uh, before you actually started putting anything on paper or in this case on a computer uh how long was this idea roiling in your guys's minds of uh, making this kind of story um this specific story or yeah. just a story in general this story uh, this, for stairs this specific story um basically happened uh january uh december of 2019 and then uh me and jason uh my co-writer started writing in February and then we were done by May or June, I believe. So we, we, we worked on it for about six months. So really the concept was very short Okay. or the, the idea of it. Now I have spoken to quite a few people who co-wrote screenplays. It's really mm -hmm. different than a person who by themselves uh, comes down and writes a screenplay and uh, people who co-write screenplays they have a different, uh, methodology on how they do it so when it came to the stairs and your co-writer how did you guys you know assign tasks for lack of a better term and split up the work and when it came to writing the dialogue and the scenes and the entire screenplay itself uh man that's a good one um I don't think that there was any tasks that we had like set. It was, uh, there was moments where, you know, I would struggle on certain dialogue and then Jason would pick it up, uh, or he would struggle on a character's dialogue and it just made sense to me and I would jump on it. Uh, so really it's like both of our flavors been sprinkled through that whole story. Uh, every dialogue, every character, every scene. Um, there are some, I think there are a couple of scenes that, you know, each of us really wanted to have and really pushed and fought to have those and they're in this, in the film, but I, I just can't remember which ones those are at the, at the moment. Now, one of the, uh, hikers is Doug, uh, who's a, a very eclectic character whose yeah. idea was to come up with the character of Doug that was mine uh it is uh, a real life character that uh that we love that uh his uh, his name is also doug and he's the father of little jesse in the movie oh in real life wow yes. okay yeah and little little jesse tom thomas uh Wellington, uh was on a episode of, of z nation yeah and uh since i was doing special effects on z nation I saw his acting. It was his first role, I believe. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, man, when I make a movie, if it's going to be like anytime soon before he gets older, I really want to use him. And so I approached Doug, who was helping me with special effects. He was assisting me every now and then. Um, and now he's a transpo captain, does uh, transportation for film and TV. But um, yeah, that's a real character. And uh, I mean, obviously, 
we made him more fantastic. Yeah. But uh, he's Doug in real life is very similar to Doug in, in our film, who you know is just like makes off the cuff comments all the time. It's hilarious, but you just you can't help but love him. But yet he has when the stuff becomes serious. He has a serious side, and I like that, that yeah. the character is diverse, and he's mm-hmm. actually very likable. Is that what you were going for? Uh, were you going for Doug to be, oh, my God, this guy, uh, you know, let him die, let him die? Or did you want the audience to connect with Doug? I uh, really wanted the audience to connect with him because uh, I think besides Adam's character, um, Adam Corson's, yeah. uh Josh Crotty, who played Dirty Doug, those were, you know, our two favorite characters in there. And we really, we thought it was very important to make him, you know, a redeemable character and uh, a loving character and, you know, just over the top and uh, to Josh Crotty's, you know, acting skills. I mean, he just pulled it off. So, I mean, you can write whatever you want to write, but it's up to the actors to read your script and then figure out what they want to do with it and your idea and your, um, you know, uh, scope of what you, what yeah. you wanted. And, uh, in the end, really it's all them. And, uh, Josh, Josh Crotty did an amazing job. I just, I, man, kudos to him. I love that character. I hear this a lot where directors say 70% of the job of directing is casting. And then you just get yes. out of the actor's way. Yeah. 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 There's uh, it's funny, like uh, the process, I'm sure a lot of vets know this, but you know, I didn't know. And it was like such a learning process on this uh, that, you know, you come up with a story as a writer Uh, and then, you know, most directors just, they, they get scripts and they um, develop them. But, you know, there's, there's quite a few that also write and direct, but it's, it's interesting when you create a story you know, you have a story and you have an idea of that story. Then you hand it to your actors and the actors change it because of their performance. Yes. And now it's not really what you envisioned, you know, because, you know, it can't be as perfect as you envisioned unless, you know, you're one of the greats or something. But uh, it's just, it was just so awesome to be able to sit there and see it kind of uh, uh, start to grow up. You know, kind of went uh, basically when you handed it to the actors, it's like it's in, in its uh, teenager years. Yeah. And then then it, then you hand it off to the editor. And now, you know, they're in their 20s. And then uh, after the editor, it goes to sound design and score. And now it's a totally different film again, you know, mm-hmm. because you've added all the music and stuff. So you're just watching this thing grow up over the course of a year or two. And it, it was just an amazing, amazing process for me. It was great. Now, the setting of this film does take place in, in the woods, in the forest. Do you consider yourself uh, a hiker, an outdoors person? Yeah, I used to be a uh, King County uh, search and rescue for many years. Uh, I was a ground pounder and then uh, went into uh, the 4 by 4 council, which is, you know, anybody that would go and um, get hurt, twist an ankle. Or uh, we would also have uh, Alzheimer's patients, so we'd go canvas, uh, drive around, try to find the uh, patient that got lost or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been, uh, an avid climber, uh, hiker, bicyclist. I mean, I just love the woods That's... and Pacific Northwest has some of the best. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm assuming, but the movie was obviously filmed in the Pacific North Northwest. Is that accurate? 
Yes, yes. Uh, it was all uh, filmed in Washington State, actually. Uh, I think the most of the days were um, at Shoreview Park and Shoreline. And the film office there, the Shoreline Film Office, was just amazing. Uh, we actually lost our locations about a week before we were ready to shoot. And uh, we had that place as a backup. And so I gave them a call. They helped us with our permits. They got them like last second for us. And we started shooting there. And then the majority of our night shoots were at my uh, buddy Rory's house on Carnation, Washington. And then uh, we shot uh, the espresso scene at a, a live espresso place mm -hmm. called the Espresso Chalet. Yeah. And that's actually where they uh, shot the Harry and the Hendersons as well. Really? Wow. Yeah. There's and, a name uh, I haven't heard in a while. And Captain Fantastic, I think, did, uh, uh, I think both of them did like little cameos there or showed up and shot some B-roll. That's awesome. Now, as the director, yeah. I assume you stayed with the film through the editing process, correct? Yes. Correct. Now, when that was all done and you sat and you watched the final product, were you like, all right, we got it. We, you know, we did a good job. We got a good one here. Or did you like, man, I could have done this a little better. I could have done this a little differently. What was your reaction when you saw the final edited product? Uh, my final or my reaction on the final product was uh, I was pretty emotionally happy. You know, I was just like uh, after everything that we did and uh, the time that we took on the edit and then just giving it over to everybody for music and stuff. It was just, it was, it was a pretty emotional moment. And mm -hmm. of course you always look back and, you know, it's a learning process. This is a, uh, my first film. So, you know, of course I'm going to take all of the things that we did wrong or the things that, um, you know, I would have loved to have done on, on this film, looking back in the editing, of course, you know, you're like, Oh, we should have got that or we should have got more of this, you know, but you, you can't uh, live in that world. You have to just move on and then make another movie. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, how hard was it to come up with the look of, let's call it the antagonist in the film? Uh, did that take a lot of uh, going back and forth and you guys coming up with different sketches and what you wanted yes. this thing to look like? Yeah, it was, uh, we had uh, the, the antagonist was played uh, by... Uh, lady called Catherine and she did an amazing job in that uh, position and so because of her height and how s small she was there was certain limitations so knowing that uh, we used a uh, special uh, a company uh, sorry forgot what their name is Bandersnatch Studios um, and we were constantly asking touching bases with them like what can we do and the, the material that we're going to use was going to be really heavy and bulky. So knowing that uh, going forward, it kind of helped us with our designs and uh, we kind of came up with a, a final design. Okay. You know? Now, I love movies where the storyline is not given to us on a silver platter, where there's no right. thinking involved <laughs> on the viewer. The stairs is exactly that. It, it It's not delivered on a silver platter. It leaves a lot up to viewer interpretation of what exactly is going on. Is that what your goal is for the viewers to walk away with and let them contemplate it and come up with their own theories as to what exactly happened on that hiking trail? 
yes, uh, that's some of my favorite moments uh, personally as a person that loves to watch film is getting a film that just makes you think about it for a couple of days or even mm-hmm. on the drive home, like you stated, yeah. you know, uh, like having a discussion with your friends on the way home, you know, like what the hell was that about? Or what was this thing? What do you think this about? You know, and, and we really wanted to add that to the film and not really tie anything up for the viewers. We wanted the viewers to be kind of um, a character in the movie that was there along every step of the road and that they wouldn't have the answers. You would have to be stumbling upon it to know the answers, you know? So that's kind of the takeaway we wanted. And I think we, I think we got it. Oh yeah, you definitely got it. Now, uh, moving forward, uh, hopefully the film is a big success. Uh, are you open to making another one? If it is really successful and there's a big demand, even if it develops a cult following, and you guys have uh, so many different ways that you can take the story if it does move forward to another movie. Uh, of course, everybody would love to have a, their movie become a franchise and a sequel. Right. But are you already playing with ideas? If that happens, we can go this way or that way? Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, since, when, uh, since COVID happened, you know, it's a lot of time for contemplation, obviously. Um, I was looking forward to a sequel, whereas uh, Jason, my co-writer, was looking backwards to a prequel, which is great having a co-writer because um, he started to kind of come up with an idea for a prequel. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, and then I was like, here's my idea for the sequel. So it's like, you know, now we can sit there and mesh them together and and, uh, try to get another two films out. I, I don't think this is a spoiler. I'm pretty sure this is not a spoiler, but my impression when I saw the movie is the antagonist is something that is ancient uh, to that area. Uh, I mean, like you said, it's up to interpretation. Do you see it that way? Yes, that's exactly, uh, again, what you were trying to tie in earlier about um, not handing everything uh, to the audience. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And it is, it's like, I mean, a lot of my influences are, you know, Lovecraft, Poe, Stephen King. I mean, a huge King fan. Um, I mean, the, the tower series is amazing. So, and it, it constantly deal, you know, delves into interdimensional travel and, uh, horrors, you know, uh, supernatural and otherwise. And, um, yeah, just definitely want to wrap all that into here and it'll be really good to, um, you know, as, as the audience watches the film, you know, just pay attention to uh, some of Jesse's lines. He alludes to, you know, other creatures that we did not show, exactly. obviously, in the yeah. film. So, um, you know, those will be coming out later. Now, one of the very familiar faces on this film is uh, Kathleen Quinlan. Uh, yes. You know, she was in Apollo 13, a uh, mm-hmm. huge part in Apollo 13. Uh, was it difficult to get Kathleen on this film? Did she love the script, sign on right away? How, how did she come on board? Um, she, I, I believe she really liked the script. Uh, Amanda, my producing partner, was asking me, you know, who, who do you see that you would really like to get uh, for your different characters? And truthfully, I was like, well, the, the, you know, for a low-budget indie, the best place to put, you know, some veteran actors is like, 
the grandfather mm-hmm. and uh, the mother of little Jesse and, you know, maybe, you know, put him in in like little cameo roles just to kind of, you know, seed some nice spice into the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were writing the grandma, she was just like, you know, who do you see? And I was like, I, I would see Kathleen Quinlan, you know, that's who I'd want. She's and, a great uh, actress. She's, she's amazing. I loved her in Event Horizon, uh, Apollo 13. I mean, everything she's been in, she's just great. And in real life, she's just a pleasure to be with. She's yeah. just so sweet. Yeah. Now, but, the, um, oops, yeah, sorry. she, she definitely, oh, I'm sorry too. Um, yeah, she just definitely just wanted to be on. And, uh, after a little bit of coaxing and, you know, letting her know, like, yeah, we'll, we'll give her some more screen time because, um, you know, the role that we had originally, uh, given to her was just so short, you know, it was kind of a cursory role. Yeah. And, uh, as soon as I found out that she was really interested and wanted to come on board, uh, I decided I was like, okay, well, you know, we, we're going to have to, uh, give her a little more screen time, which we did. Okay. Now the movie is officially releasing to theaters, August 12th, Thursday, August 12th, uh, fathom events is distributing it. How, uh, how big is the reach going to be in theaters? Do you know how many theaters it's going to be released to? Do you know any kind of those specifics for our audience? Yes. Um, uh, I'll, uh, there's a link. Uh, you can put it up in your uh, comments if you if you feel like you want to, Viz, uh, to Fathom Events. Uh, yeah. We were told it's in 700 theaters uh, US-wide. Okay. And to let you guys know, Fathom Events is nice enough. They are giving us a way, they're giving us two tickets to give away to the premiere. And I think that is really cool. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be giving away two tickets to the premiere of The Stairs on August 12th. I have seen this movie. It is a must watch for any horror fan. Drago, you did an amazing job on the film. I'm looking forward to seeing more of your work behind the camera. And hopefully we can have you back on after the movie is released so we can actually talk, you know, get deep into the details after people people have seen it. And uh, like I told Drago and you guys know, Adam Corson is going to be our guest right here on Dead Talk Live like four days after the movie releases on August 16th. Peter, thank you so much for coming here. Any final thoughts you want to share with the audience before we say goodbye? I just hope you enjoyed as much as we enjoyed making it, uh, you know, and um, yeah, just looking forward to making more art with, with uh, my, my team. I got to tell you, as the day is getting closer, are you nervous? Yeah, I am actually. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like, natural. I'm, I'm, yeah. I go through like excitement and then like, I, I drop down like, Oh, is it going to like, what's it going to do? What's what, you know, but, uh, like I said before, you know, you just got to kind of, it's, it's its own entity now, you know, like, it's out of my hands. So you just got to let it be what it is. And you're getting a theatrical release. I mean, it's not Correct. going straight to video on demand. That's huge. Right. You're yeah, getting that's a, rare for indie. Yeah, you're getting a theatrical release, and that says a lot. So that's, yeah. you know, that's, guys, August 12th, the movie's being released. It's called The Stairs. Uh, find it in your local theater. Definitely go check it out. Drago, thank you so much uh, for being our guest today. I want to thank our audience for tuning in. Uh, everybody stay safe, and until next time, stay walking. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, Biz. No problem.